Danny Small. I'm the king of podcast hiatuses, but as always, we're bringing it back. Uh, we have NBA season starting to heat up, so I have special guest Chip Murphy, who if you listen to my Knicks podcast, Knicks State of Mind, you will know Chip pretty well, but today I'll have Chip on in a second, uh, but first, just update you on the little hiatus. No real explanation. Just had a little hiatus. Didn't have a ton of time to record these small ball radio episodes, but hopefully bringing it back now with some NBA stuff. Uh, we'll probably start doing some college basketball stuff as March Madness approaches. And then later on this week, I will get a Super Bowl preview episode out. Uh, guest is TBD, but we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But for now, I'm going to end it with the intro and let it uh, let my interview with Chip, which is coming up next. I'll just let that go. Welcome back to Small Ball Radio, an elite sports New York podcast. I'm your host, Danny Small, alongside a friend and a familiar face. Not maybe on, not on uh, Small Ball Radio, but we have Chip Murphy, who is my one of my co-hosts on the Nick State of Mind podcast the best Knicks podcast around, well, just, uh, we think so, we're biased, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's with Nick's, Nick's State of Mind, he also does the Hoops Addicts Anonymous with Jeff Campbell on Elite Sports NY Radio, which is another great basketball podcast, they do a lot of good betting stuff, uh, definitely give them a listen and a follow there, and Chip also does some Nick's writing for Hoops Habit, so now with that, that little uh, quick intro, Chip, how are, uh, how are we doing today on this nice Saturday? I'm good, man. Excited to talk to you about this. Yeah, I know. We always we always talk about it on on Nick's State of Mind. You know, like we end up somehow, some way, we start and you know talking about odds on something. Yeah. And, you know, and we always go, we should do more of that. Yeah. 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 More of that. So I figured uh, maybe for my uh, you know all sports slash sports betting podcast, it would be uh, a a good good move to, to bring you on and we could uh, break down some of the stuff. Cause obviously in the NBA um, with the NFL winding down, the NBA is kind of the next big thing going on. Um, and I think right now, at least we talked about it a little bit before chip and I, before we started the show, uh, we could have talked about championship odds, but we feel like those have pretty much um, stayed around the same of what you would expect. Lakers are the favorite. Now the nets are up there too. You got the Clippers. It's kind of the usual suspects. So we figured we'd go into a little uh, early MVP talk about the odds there uh, because right now, and I will just look at it on FanDuel, uh, I've got DraftKings open as well, but I feel like FanDuel, sometimes you get a little bit better odds on these futures. Uh, but again, it's just, you know, you should shop around if you're going to be placing yeah. one of these kinds of bets. But I'll read down the list right now. LeBron James is the favorite at plus 350. Joel Embiid at plus 550, Luka Doncic plus 600, Nikola Jokic plus 650, Kevin Durant plus 750. So those are the five guys at the top. And then there's a little bit of a drop-off with Giannis and Steph Curry are both at plus 1,200. Then you have Anthony Davis at plus 2,400 and Damian Lillard at plus 3,000. 
So I think I'll just throw it over to you, Chip. Um, I know right now kind of those five guys at the top are the ones that really everybody's are talk, everybody's talking about um, at large. Uh, but out of those five guys, LeBron, Embiid, Luka, Jokic, and Durant, who would you – or even somebody else. I don't want to pigeonhole you into anything. Who would you say right now would be your pick to win the MVP? Right now, I think the money to bet is on LeBron. Yeah, I mean, just it looks like he's the guy. I mean, he's locked in so much, and the team is so good. They're even better than they were last year. And if you you look at the numbers, I mean, I know Jokic looks awesome, but I I don't think they're going to finish first in the West. I think the Lakers have the team to finish first in the West. I think that's what's going to set them apart. And I honestly, I think LeBron's fiercest competition could end up being Joel Embiid. Yeah, you know the the preseason favorite was Luka Doncic, and that's just obviously not going to happen. I don't. I think that's gone. Giannis isn't going to win three times in a row. Uh, as incredible as Durant's been, I don't think a guy who ha- who's playing with two other Hall of Famers is going to win the MVP just based on that. Uh, and it's been a while since LeBron's won an MVP. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, mm. and he's been the best player in the league for a really long time and hasn't won an MVP in a while. So. Yeah, I think just based on that, I think he's the smart money. Uh, he's plus 400 on DraftKings. That's where I'm looking at. And okay, so yeah, if, if, you're, yeah. if you're looking at LeBron, that's probably uh, mm-hmm. the place you want to go. I mean, there's a, a million places in Jersey, which yeah. Chip, you and I are both uh, yeah. Jersey guys. So there's a million places you could shop around for that. But yeah, LeBron plus 400. I kind of, yeah. I like those odds. I think those are decent odds. My problem with just the reason why I don't think I would put money on LeBron is just because I think like since he since he's LeBron, he gets like a little too much juice. So I feel like it's almost like they're, you know, you're not going to get as good of odds as you can just because his name is LeBron James and a ton of people are going to start sinking money into him. He's um, overvalued a little bit. You think? Yeah, I think I think maybe just, you know, just the fact that he's LeBron, he might be overvalued a little bit, but I I find a, I find it hard disagreeing with you on him being like the the definite front runner right now because like you said he they're first in the West they're better than they were last year uh, it doesn't look like the short offseason really had much effect on LeBron at all uh, and if it's going to I don't think it's going to really have a big effect during the regular season um, <clears throat> and then like you said Don Doncic is he's still up here just because he was the preseason favorite mm-hmm. um, and people are still probably putting money into him but I can't see you know even if the Mavs kind of write the ship and figure it out and make the playoffs as you know five or six seeds something like that it's tough to win MVP when you're you know at that five six seven, you know you almost have to be one of the top three or four teams in the league average a triple double I guess that, yeah <laughs> Russell Westbrook but he's he's the outlier you know he's mm-hmm. the he's like the one year um and as much as I I loved Westbrook winning that year because I had money on him he should uh, in retrospect I think Harden probably should have won that yeah. year um as you know I, I do love Westbrook uh but yeah that was probably Harden's uh Harden's year and then I guess I'm just looking down the list here just touching on Curry, kind of that same thing. I don't see the Warriors being, you know, I, I like the Warriors. I'm pretty high on the Warriors, but I don't see them finishing two in the West, which, you know, two or three you probably need to be to be in that conversation. 
Uh, and then you mentioned the voter fatigue with LeBron, but that's, you know, that's Giannis right there. There's, there's going to be voter fatigue with Giannis, even if he puts up, you know, an equal season to his last two years. Uh, I think at a certain point, guys just want to like, they just want to go a different direction. Yeah. For whatever reason, voters seem to just like be ready to move on kind of happened um, with Harden a little bit, even though I think Giannis was deserving the last two years. Um, same thing happened, you know, Harden won for a few years and then they moved on. Uh, but I think if, and I agree with you about LeBron, like I said before, but I think if I'm putting money down on this, I'm going with either Embiid or Jokic. Probably lean towards Embiid a little bit, simply because the East is a little bit softer, where the Sixers are probably going to come in first or second in the East with, you know, at least the way they're playing right now. Um, and I think this is this is the best version of Joel Embiid we've ever seen. And I think for somebody who's been questioned for so many years about, oh, does he care enough? Is he in shape? Is he this? Is he that? Like, is he a winner? Can he, you know, do this? Can he, can he try hard enough? For someone who's dealt with questions like that for a very long time, you know, basically his entire career since he's been drafted, uh, to see him come out and really be focused. Um, he's shooting 40% from three, you know, yeah. eight, 84% from the free throw line. Like, yeah, he's not, you know, he doesn't have a career high in rebounds or anything like that, but he's really doing so much well. And, you know, he's the, he's the straw that stirs the drink in Philly right now. So I think just the fact that he's kind of like silencing the haters a little bit, um, that's going to, that's going to help him in the long run because as much as we can sit here and break down stats and, you know, look at film and do all this and, you know, make our MVP picks, it is a narrative driven award a hundred percent. I mean, the, it's, that's it's maybe the most narrative driven award in any of the, the four major sports for the, you know, personal awards like that. Um, it really is all about, you know, kind of how the voters perceive you, um, how the voters, you know, kind of perceive some of the other guys and what you've overcome. I mean, there was all that ridiculous talk about last year, you know, LeBron James deserves to win the MVP because of all that the, the Lakers overcame with mm -hmm. Kobe dying and everything. Like there's always going to be that, like, I'm glad that one didn't take, take root and, you know, win LeBron MVP, but there's always going to be like that little, that little bit of narrative that, that really influences the award. Um, and I guess, as I say that LeBron has a pretty strong narrative too this year, you know, short off season, um, hasn't won it in a few years, like kind of reproving himself at age, you know, 80 or whatever he is. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's an interesting race right now. And I think the one piece of advice that I would give to anyone who's looking to bet on this is if you have somebody that you like, I'd say bet them now before, you know, this yeah. turns into two horse race between LeBron and Embiid or, you know, LeBron and Jokic, because yeah. if that, if that's the case, you're just not going to be getting great odds on those guys. Yeah. Because these, I think these three guys are all just going to pull away or at least LeBron and Embiid at mm -hmm. some point, Jokic isn't going to stop playing like this. The reason you make a great point about Embiid, but, the reason I would say as big a fan of Embiid as I am, the reason I would say LeBron over him is, I mean, LeBron's just a machine and there's still this lingering concern that Embiid is going to have to get hurt and sit mm -hmm. out for six or seven games. And that's yeah. just going to ding him because, you know, that's not going to happen to LeBron. And maybe LeBron wants his MVP because, you know, like, like you said, there's going to be this narrative and 
You talked about Embiid's three-point shooting. This is the best three-point shooting of LeBron's career. That's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah I didn't, yeah. Even, didn't even mention that. Yeah, forty-one point seven percent on six point uh-huh. six attempts, legit shooting, and he's forty-nine point six overall. And his his shots are down yet from last year, and his scoring is still up. He's been extremely efficient. Yeah, and his I mean his free throw percentage was down last year, like he was below seventy percent, but he has it up over seventy percent, so that's good. I mean he's, you know he's been incredible. He's thirty six freaking years old, and he's still a top three MVP candidate. Uh-huh. And like you said, the narrative is just going to be. I think it's going to dwindle it down to LeBron and Embiid solely because you know the the. I don't know if you want to call it redemption of Joel Embiid or whatever, mm-hmm. just uh, do, the Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers is going to be a lock for coach of the year. So far, but yeah. They keep going like that. I don't, but, I don't even think we need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to talk about those odds. I didn't even look. But, uh, yeah, I think I think those will probably be the final two. But I agree with you. Get in on those soon because they're going to start to dramatically change if mm-hmm. Embiid and Jok- uh, Jokic and LeBron keep playing like this. And I think I'll just touch on touch on one final point before we kind of move on to some rookie of the year stuff uh, here. I did have in our uh, preseason, we did a little prediction show on Hoops Addicts. I had Durant as MVP, I believe. And I also predicted he, that, and I don't think this is in, this might not be in writing, but I predicted he would win the scoring title. Both of those are kind of looking like a little bit in jeopardy just because I don't think Durant's going to play enough games to really be in the uh, the MVP conversation. And uh, I know this is this is kind of the one of the crazy storylines of early in the uh, regular season. But Bradley Beal might average 40 and the Wizards might finish in last place. So, um, like you said earlier, though, with Durant having two superstars, I think, you know, his his. Scoring might come down a few points, so I don't think he's I don't think he's going to win that. Um, so my predictions there are a little off. But if Durant starts playing a little more, ramping it up, he's another guy that has a very strong narrative where you know he sit out a full year and this. And, oh yeah, my god, that's true. he's playing. You know, basically this is prime vintage Durant. This is you know close to as good as we've we've seen him before. I think uh, so good. it's insane. Ah. It, I, I was expecting like a very, very good pl- like star, you know, like a, like a bona fide superstar, but maybe no, like not like a, a top three player right away, all, right off the bat. Yeah, um, he is though. He it's is insane. Yeah. It's, already. <laughs> it's insane how, uh, how, how good he is already, which I guess a lot of people gave him some flack for the long layoff and everything like that. But, yeah, it was looks smart like, though. Yeah, looks like it looks like it was the right move. Um, so yeah, those are those are kind of our MVP uh, MVP thoughts there. Now moving on to something uh, I know Chip is gonna have fun talking about <laughs> the Rookie of the Year race, and uh, the reason why I kind of threw this in here was just because Lamelo Ball he is the favorite right now on uh, on FanDuel. He's at minus one forty, and then uh, hold on, let me see what he is on. Uh, on DraftKings, he's, he's minus, minus one thirty-four. On, yeah, yeah, minus one thirty-four on DraftKings. So he's the he's the odds-on favorite. He's pretty decent favorite at this point, not overwhelming or anything like that. Um, but we had to talk about this because of Emmanuel Quickly's massive game on Friday night. Uh, basically, 
led the Knicks to a, a big win over the Cavs. They needed they needed a win to kind of stabilize the ship, and quickly and RJ Barrett were kind of out in front. Um, so I figured little rookie of the year talk for Chip, our uh, our resident Knicks expert <laughs> here at Small Ball Radio. Um, so Chip, how are you feeling about the the rookie of the year race this, this year? Who who is your pick? Oh God, I don't. I think it might have been Halliburton. It feels like forever ago that I yeah made it does. That pick. Oh no 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 God, Halliburton. It was Cole Anthony. I bet. Oh, Cole. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah yeah. Cole Anthony. Who? He's he's not he's not going away. He's plus sixteen hundred. No. He's same odds as quickly right now. Um, my pick I think was my official. Pick, well, what I said was because somebody else. I forget if it was Jeff or Matt. Somebody picked Lamelo Ball, and I just wanted to keep things interesting. So I said mm-hmm. I think Lamelo Ball is going to win it. But just because he's at insane odds, I took Facundo Campazzo, uh, my Argentinian buddy, um, who's on the uh, on the Nuggets, which he's averaging three point four points a game on twelve minutes a game. So I don't think uh, I don't think that plus five thousand or whatever he was, I don't think that's going to hit. Not a lot of points, spare points to be had in that Denver Nuggets yeah. lineup. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely not. <laughs> they got a lot. They got a lot of guys who need shots in that lineup. Yeah. Um, so it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but so Chip, I guess I'll just. I'm sure we'll talk about this on uh, Nick's State of Mind at some point mm. too. But uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on Quickly's Quickly season so far and kind of where he is um, in these Rookie of the Year odds right now. Yeah, I'm obviously psyched about quickly but i'm i'm surprised that he's still or maybe surprised is the wrong word but excited that he's still as low as he is uh 20 to 1 mm-hmm. on DraftKings, yeah plus 2000 whatever on DraftKings for rookie of the year uh we got halliburton plus 300 wiseman plus six anthony edwards plus 900 and cole anthony plus 1600 i'm surprised that quickly's is that low but i mean yeah put some money on emmanuel quickly yeah that's what i would say i'm i'm very excited the way he's played so far like every other knicks fan i i don't think i've seen knicks fans agree on a player as vehemently as we've agreed on emmanuel quickly maybe in my life i, I don't know not, fans, not that i can remember knicks fans have like had this like vehement passion for players in the past but it's been like one side, like half the people hate him, yeah. and the other half of the people yeah. love him. Like Frank, like Frank got this level of love that quickly is getting from a certain segment of mm-hmm. Knicks fans, but he also got like an equal and opposite amount of hate from another oh, yeah. group. It's like I, I agree yeah. with you. This quickly has like it's he's reunited all the tribes. Yeah. Even when Jeremy Lin was doing the Lin Sanity thing, there were people like, all right, whatever. He's just yeah, yeah. He, yeah. There were there were even, you know, some wet blankets in there that yeah, were like, exactly. well, he can't do it forever. He's not going to yeah. do it forever, which, I mean, those people were right, but, you know, yeah. let people but, enjoy things. Yeah, let just – basketball is supposed to be fucking fun. Like, yeah. let's have some fun and watch the game. Like, that's what Emmanuel quickly reminds you of, that, that, that watching basketball is supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been the, great. The I swimming mean, when he hit that three, which it the foul got called back, but when he was swimming on the court, it's like oh, that was awesome. How can you? How can you not? How can you not enjoy watching these Knicks? They've been 
I don't. I, I, I can't. Think, there's there's got to be another team that I'm forgetting, but I think they've been the most pleasant surprise of the NBA season so far. From you know, just the standpoint of everyone always expects them to be a joke and a laughing stock, and oh my god, LOL, Knicks. Um, but they've been one of the more fun teams to watch, and uh, I guess the defense and the uh, you know, kind of the, they don't have, they don't always have their offense every night. So maybe not. It's like not the most beautiful brand of basketball but their games are fun to watch in terms of the intensity. And, you know, you got these young guys like quickly and Barrett and Robinson, uh, the, re- the re- reemergence of Randall, who we don't have to go too deep into it, but he's got some most improved uh, player kind of uh, some yeah, juice on sure. him. If uh, you know, some of these other guys kind of, I mean, kind of Christian out. Wood probably has yeah, that word Christian, locked up. I but... think Christian Wood is number one. Um, who's number two. I forget. Um, I think Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy Grant, Grant Jalen Brown, yeah. Chris Boucher, Michael Porter Jr., Colin Sexton, Shea. Um, oh, Randall's not even on here. Randall, oh, there he is. He's at plus, plus 5,000. 5, there yeah. he is. So he's, if, if you think he's going to keep this up, it couldn't, it couldn't hurt to put a little, uh, little bit on him. Cause I mean, you never know the, the power of the, uh, the New York media machine might maybe, <laughs> uh, push him over the top. Uh, I guess, I guess he's a little old. For that award maybe i, I think know. so he might he might although he's not that old you know he's he's not that old but generally speaking they give it to a younger guy i mean yeah if you look at it i think every everyone on this list around him is much younger than he is yeah um but i guess i'm going back i'm getting sidetracked yeah, we're here. getting where <laughs> yeah I'm, we're all over the place once we start, <laughs> once we start talking nicks but if yeah you're in the next state of mind you know how that goes um <laughs> But yeah, with rookie of the year, I I still like Lamelo Ball. Um, you know, even at these odds, just because I think he's he's going to be getting, even though he's coming off the bench, he's getting so much opportunity in Charlotte to kind of play his kind of free and uh, eventually old. he'll be in the starting lineup. I think. yeah, and I think you know as time goes on, he'll he'll be an even bigger factor on that team. But even like last night, like. Things like you can't even put in the stat sheet. It like was he, so good. He, he was that, so good last night. I mean, listen, the uh, what you call it? the game was pretty much over anyway because they, you know, they inbound the ball, they foul him, they hit the both free throws, it's over. But that's such a such a smart play for him to throw the ball off of uh, Sabonis's, you know, elbow or back or whatever he hit. Such a smart play to just do that and the game. Like, don't even don't even worry about you know someone making free throws and then also. <clears throat> the dunk over Sabonis earlier in the yeah. game. I mean, he's just, he's just a really, really exciting player. Uh, and obviously quickly, as we said, has been exciting as hell too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think right now, LaMelo's got like a little bit of a head start on him. Um, but again, then I know Tyrese Halliburton, we've talked about him. He's another intriguing guy. Cause he's kind of, he's just like Mr. Steady over there in Sacramento. And he, he looks like a, a proven vet already. I think playing on the Kings is going to hurt him because yeah. that you talk about narrative worst defense in NBA history mm-hmm. that yeah. that's going to, that's going to crush him playing on that team. That's yeah. so I don't think he's going to lock that, be able to take the award just because of that. But he's been, he's been really good. Uh, not as good as manual quickly. I don't think, but I, I think he's been a solid, he's been exactly as someone who like watched, tape on him and was kind of hoping the Knicks would take him. He's been 
exactly what I thought he would be a guy who's hitting shots and plays smart basketball. So yeah, I I'm not surprised by how good he's been. He's he's uh in the perfect situation, like every Knicks fan who's defending <laughs> us yeah. taking Obi Toppin over uh, Tyrese Halliburton is saying he's in the perfect situation with De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's going to play really well. He's playing with a great point guard right now. So I'm a little, I will say this though, dude, I'm a little surprised he's plus three and uh, plus 300 and Wiseman's plus six here and Edwards plus nine. Like that's I would expect like the opposite. I thought that Wiseman would be the second favorite. I thought, I know Wiseman got moved to the bench, mm. but, but I don't, I mean, I, I'm not like completely up to date on Warriors stuff. I don't think it's because he was playing like, like shit or anything. Like yeah. That. Neither did I. Just... That's why I thought everybody was impressed. The few times I watched him, I was impressed with him. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's just like a rotation thing. Yeah. 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 No, he's got, he's, he's got skill. I mean, it, he came in the league and everyone kind of pegged him as like a Mitchell Robinson type, you know, Jared Allen, like big rim runner can protect the rim kind of guy. But I mean, he can shoot through, shoot the three a little bit. He can handle it a little yeah, bit. He was shooting. Obviously, you know, he's no Andre Drummond with the handle, but no, um, God, <laughs> or JaVale McGee, but <laughs> what Andre Drummond thinks he is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when Andre Drummond gets cooking, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm a little surprised by that too. Uh, FanDuel has them a little closer. Halliburton's plus three ninety and Wiseman's plus five hundred, so they're a little bit closer there. But yeah, I, that makes more sense. I think. I kind of I kind of was thinking it was the that rookie of the year race. If I had to put it right now, I'd say Lamelo is one. Then you got Tyrese and Wiseman are like two A and two B, and then I would put quickly as my number four. Um, Edwards and Cole Anthony, I think, are still in the mix too. But Same. I would have Edwards, or I would have quickly, kind of at four. And he, to me, quickly would be very, very close with Wiseman and Halliburton. Like if you could almost say he's a two C um, with the three of those guys chasing Lamelo. Do you think it's still worth putting any money on right now, or do you think Lamelo is now just so far ahead of, of in the uh, awards that it's now probably his? I think probably if I was going to put money on someone, and this is probably my New York bias talking, but I think I would quickly would be the guy that I would, I would throw yeah, a little something down on because um, he's obviously Knicks fans have been clamoring for him to be in the starting lineup all year. Um, but still he's, he's having a really, really great year so far. And um, was it Jonathan Wasserman and Bleacher Report had a, uh, an article today about Manuel quickly. That was really good. And one of the things was that a, uh, a source said that, you know, part of their um, – actually, I'll just read the quote. At this point, according to a source in the Nick scouting department, a priority must be developing him on the ball as much as possible, a process that would have seemed overly ambitious a few months ago. So, <clears throat> obviously, they've been playing him at point, you know, basically all year up to this point, uh, which is not surprising when you see what he's done. But that quote kind of – maybe tells me that Tibbs is going to be open to putting him in the starting lineup in the future. Uh, I know he's been, Tibbs has been, you know, adamant about keeping it the way it is with the, you know, the four guys plus Burke slash Bullock based on who's healthy, but uh, I wouldn't be completely shocked to see quickly uh, overtake Peyton at some point, because even though I know Peyton's a pretty good defender on ball on the perimeter point of attack, like 
I'm not one of these people who thinks, oh, Alfred Payton's a G League or well, like I'm <laughs> I'm not that guy. But there's definitely a little stagnation in that starting lineup that I think you put quickly in that could kind of change that up. So I don't know if it's coming today or tomorrow or, you know, next week or in two months, but I think at some point we're going to see quickly in the starting lineup. And depending on when that is, that could give him enough juice to overtake LaMelo if, if his stats, you know, continue to uh, continue to rise like they are right now. Cause um, what's quickly is at, 11.6 points per game, two rebounds, two yeah. and a half assists. But if you look over his last, I want to say 10 games, um, he's up to like 15 points ish around there. So I think more games uh, for quickly, more minutes, bigger role. I think we could see a much, uh, a much closer race than, than you would think with Lamella. He's third among rookies, his rookie class in points per game, but, in total minutes among his class, he's 14th. Mm-hmm. So he's got to get more minutes. Yeah, I mean, he's if, he if can't be playing uh, fewer minutes than Teo Maladon. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. the Thunder are. I know the Thunder are tanking, but I mean, he shouldn't be playing fewer minutes than that guy. Yeah. Come on, get him in the game. Yeah, over his last 10 games, he's averaging 14.8 points, uh, just under three rebounds, three assists, uh, shooting. 41% from the field, which isn't great, but he's 39% from three and 93% from the free throw line. So, I mean, you look at those, you look at those numbers, those to me seem like rookie of the year numbers. Obviously LaMelo is a great player already. We can tell, and he might be able to, to top that. I mean, you never know, but I think at plus 2000 odds on, on DraftKings quickly would be not a terrible bet right now. Um, yeah, I'm small, looking. I, small sample size on free throws, but he has made 95% of his free yeah. throws too. Yeah. It's what is he? He's and yeah, he's taking 2.6 yeah. per game. So it's not like he's taking a ton of free throws, but hey, 95%. And mm-hmm. you do see um a couple technical fouls in recent games. You can't put my finger on which ones, but you you see when he's on the court and there's a tech, he's the one shooting the free throw, mm-hmm. which that, I mean, that tells you that the coach, I guess. Know. Yeah. It's, he must confident. be money in practice too. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they must, they must be confident enough in him. Um, which I mean, we don't have to go too far off on a Knicks tan- tangent here, but it is, it is very, very uh, surprising that the Knicks have been looking for a point guard all these years and they may have had one drop right in their lap with that. I was uh, going to say it's uh, that's that when, it, yeah. When you brought up that you wanted to talk about rookie of the year, I did want to bring up quickly and just say, can, can you imagine it's Emmanuel quickly is the guy who's 20 to one and Obi Toppin is the guy who's 15 to one and no one's going to be talking about him. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's wild, but Hey. Yeah. That's hey, that's, I, I don't think, I don't think I've heard one Knicks fan. Well, actually, I'll take that back because there are people probably complain. There are people, like you said, about the Halliburton um, and saying we shouldn't have taken Toppin on all, all this yeah. stuff. But when Toppin is starting to show some things recently, uh, knocking down some shots, I mean, kind of working his way back in and quickly mm-hmm. he's been this good, I don't think you can be upset with this rookie class. I don't think any Knicks fan who is upset is just looking for a reason to be mad. Yes, that's 100% correct mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. And like you said, if they take Halliburton, they don't take quickly in all in all likelihood. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess there's some good MVP rookie of the year talk. There's some other awards and stuff like we talked, we touched on most improved, but I think those were kind of the two ones that I think have caught my eye the most um, defensive play of the year and six man. Those are kind of, we'll, we'll maybe we talk about those in the future, but I think it's a little early for that. Yeah. Um, so now let's talk a little bit about some of the, uh, the lines on Saturday night. We're recording this Saturday morning. It's going up early afternoon. Uh, so if you're listening to this, make <laughs> sure you, you either tail our picks or fade them because uh, I'm going to be honest, I haven't done a ton of NBA betting on just like straight up games. I've done a few player props here and there, but I'm still yeah. kind of in football mode a little bit. So I haven't really uh, gotten into like the uh, the NBA betting day to day. I am going to do it tonight, actually, because Chip, we've talked about this off the air. I moved to Jersey and I actually have been betting less than when I lived yeah. in New York. And I used <laughs> to just drive across the border to bet in Jersey. Um, and part of that is just I like when I like I like betting on games that I can watch. Like I don't want to bet on a game that I'm not going to be watching at all. And with the Knicks and the Nets playing, it's like. I don't like betting on them. So I, I, I really rarely, rarely, rarely ever bet on anybody on the Knicks and the Nets. Um, so, and I, like they're on like six days a week. So I'm usually watching them. So occasionally I'll throw some money on like a late game or something like that. Uh, but now that uh, football's kind of ending, I'm probably going to be getting back into the NBA betting a little harder. Uh, but I guess today, I'll, and I'll start with one, and this is this is going to bring up a different conversation, but I like the Suns at plus one and a half against the Mavericks tonight because the Mavericks are just a complete dumpster fire right now. And just to me, after after watching the Mavs play the Jazz last night, seeing the Suns as the underdog is actually insane to me. Why are the is Devin Booker out again? Actually, he might be. Let me check. Let me check the NBA injury report because that would make a lot of sense. Because the Suns being the underdog to the Mavericks, who just look like complete shit right now, makes no sense at all. Uh, let's see. Yeah, book. Okay, Booker's out, so that kind of makes sense. But I think I think I still like that. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Um, you have. Obviously, Mikael Bridges is turning into a stud. And right now, I mean, Chris Tapps Porzingis looks like a complete bum who, if you've ever read me or listened to me on podcasts, you know that is that means a lot coming from me. It takes a lot for Danny to say that. That he looks like a complete bum. I doubt Porzingis is even going to play tonight, uh, if I had to guess. Played 20 minutes, looked like shit last night. uh, And coming off that injury. Bonyani last night. He did. Yeah, he really he looked like a he looked like a discount version of Bargnani. Um, obviously, you have to expect Luke is going to play and he's going to want to come out and, you know, make a statement after they got blown out last night. But I don't know if I see the Mavs like turning this around overnight. I just even against uh, Booker list Suns team, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against the Suns tonight. No, I would never bet on the Mavs the way they're playing. They're brutal right now. And I would always bet against the Mavs. I think, yeah, I, as long as Chris Paul is healthy or yeah, I, I take the Suns there. I think that 
the Mavs are so I may lean more towards the uh the Suns team total. I don't have that in front of me because I the Mavs God, the Mavs defense is so fucking bad. And they it's just awful. can't they it's, they, it's it, it yeah. might be worse than the Kings, who we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like historically <laughs> bad defense. But it's it's just surprising the incre- the amazing tail off that they've taken, the Mavs. But yeah, I, I would never uh, bet against or bet on the Mavs, so I think that's a good bet. Yeah, and I know this, you're in the sense you're a big Chris Paul guy, so I knew uh, love I knew Chris that, Paul. that pick was right up your alley. And love actually, it. the the total for the Suns is on it's one hundred seven point five that their team total on uh, on DraftKings. Really? So that's an interesting interesting little play for anyone who's uh, who's looking for one. Uh, I've, I've got a couple more here, but you, do you have any, uh, any, anything you want to uh, go with? I don't, I don't want to steal any of yours. Uh, were you looking at the Milwaukee Charlotte game? I was not. Okay. Yeah. Cause that one, I think just moved to eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it's in Charlotte. I actually like Charlotte plus eight. And I know it's weird. It's a weird game because both teams played yesterday. And Milwaukee, mm-hmm. remember they were getting blown out by New Orleans and came back. And Charlotte had the big win against Indiana. And I know uh, Milwaukee's whole defense, they take away the three. They allow you to get shots at the rim. That's their thing. I don't think that's going to affect Charlotte too much. Um, I think Charlotte's going to do okay. Uh, they went 0-3 against Milwaukee last year. They didn't play the one game they got blown out uh they played okay in the other two uh, charlotte's been a lot better than people thought they would be this year uh, mm-hmm. for sure yeah they really have and i think eight's a big number especially at home i think it's going to be I, I i could also be totally wrong milwaukee could come out and blow the doors off them but i don't know i like going with underdogs on uh, back-to-backs like this too and especially I just haven't been home, confident home dogs too your home dogs yeah home dogs and I just haven't been confident betting Milwaukee this year they just haven't looked good in comparison to previous years and on, on DraftKings they're eight and ten against the spread this year so not yeah. awful but I think if you bet if you've bet against Milwaukee in every game so far you are making money um, on the flip side the Hornets are 10 and nine. So at, at that difference, like it's like almost splitting hairs, but still, I, I, I don't know if I would, uh, if I have the cojones to, to bet that one, but I do, uh, I do definitely understand your logic on that. Uh, I would probably look if I, if I was betting on that game, I'd probably look at some of the player props. Those should come out. They're not out this morning, unfortunately, but those should come out later in the day. I might look at something, uh, something Lamelo Ball assist or something like that. Because um, like I always said, look at Terry Rozier's points every every day. <laughs> I look at Terry Rozier's points. points. <laughs> yeah, I would think. Well, depending on what it would be set at, Lamelo's assist because, like you said, they really just try and shut down the three point line. So Lamelo's mm-hmm. going to be able to get inside a little bit, maybe a few dump offs here and there. You know he's good for you know like one crazy long assist in the in the transition yeah. or something like that. Um, so maybe just a Lamella ball, uh, Lamella ball. Uh, what you call it? prop would be would be my pick on that. Um, now let me my next pick. 
I like, and I don't think, and no one, maybe I'm just not listening to the right people, but no one's really talking about the Spurs this year. And the Spurs have quietly no. been very, very good. I like them minus three and a half against the Grizzlies uh, tonight. I think they're 12 and seven against the spread right now. Uh, so they're like, they've been pretty good against the spread. Uh, and there was, I don't have it in front of me actually, but they've, as the favorite, they've been very good this year too. So home team, Grizzlies, I know Jaws back. Um, Grizzlies are one of the hottest teams in basketball right now, winning five in a row. But the Spurs are just like quietly, quietly been good. They just, you know, they beat Denver by 10 the other night. They beat Boston before that. I mean, the Wizards were there right before that, which anybody could beat the Wizards right now. But something about these Spurs, I don't think anyone's really talking about them, but they're just very Spursian in the, in the sense that it's like they've got all these guys who are kind of just playing playing well, playing within themselves, got a good good bench with Vassal coming off of it, uh, or Vassell, I think is how you pronounce it. I always mess that up. But, uh, it, yeah, then you got Murray, like I, I, something about the Spurs. Like I don't, I don't think they're going to go deep in the playoffs or anything like that but I would not be shocked to see them make it back into the playoffs after missing it, you know, for the first time in forever last year. Yeah. We all wrote them off and now they're going to go, go into the playoffs and bore us to death in a first round series. That's exactly what they're going to do. (laughs) They're going to play the nuggets in the first round. It's going to go seven games. It's going to be like five really boring, like 94 to 97 finishes. The only team that could make the nuggets watching the nuggets boring is exactly yeah yeah so (laughs) i think i think we're back the spurs are back baby (laughs) which uh you know hey it's like they're not the most exciting team ever to watch uh you know it's not quite the days of tony parker managing obley and tim duncan whipping around eight passes for a bucket but you know there's there's still the spurs and Maybe Pop has lost his fastball a little bit, but I, I think I'm still I think I'm still taking him uh still taking him on on Saturday night against the Grizz. Yeah, that's a good I mean and the Grizzlies I think are still a little rusty. They missed a long time because of COVID. I think that's that a good too. One. Yeah, I'm 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 looking at them like they're one of the hottest teams because they're on a five game winning streak, but they've been off for you know forever pretty much. Yeah. So you, who knows how uh how in sync they're gonna be when they come back. And I don't, I don't remember where I saw it, but I saw somebody on Twitter doing this for college basketball where they were looking at how these COVID pauses have like really hurt oh, teams. Oh yeah, I saw and, that too. Um, I can't remember. Nah, it's, it's escaping me. If I find it, I'll link, I'll link to it on Twitter later. But uh, it's something about how like if you're off for a week, you're like one and a half points against the spread, mm-hmm. like you're worse off. If you're off like two weeks, which it's been it's been 12 days since the uh, since the Grizzlies they beat the Suns on uh, on Martin Luther King Day, which they looked great down the stretch in that game. Yeah. But 12 days off, going to San Antonio for to start a three game road trip, I, I I think the Spurs are probably probably the play in that game. Yeah, I think so. I again, I it's. I don't want to say surprising how good the Spurs have been because I wouldn't be surprised by the Spurs, but if you ask me to name, if you ask me to name like uh, Derek White, I guess 
and DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. Trying to think how many other Spurs I can name on top of my head. (laughs) There's one you're missing. An Aussie. Oh, Patty Mills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's now Mr. Spurs. Patty Mills. I just, God, it's, it is wild, wild that the Spurs get to that point that they're just, I mean, that established and they're that good, but they have. And I guess one of these actually, no, these, I think these all count. They have one, two, three, four, five, six. They have seven guys averaging in double figures. So, and Derek White hasn't even really, he's played one game this year. So they've got, you know, they've just, it's like that, that typical Spurs, like egalitarian offense where everyone has, everyone has a chance to shine. Obviously they play through, you know, DeMar DeRozan uh, more than, you know, more than the other guys. Uh, but, you know, DeJounte Murray gets shots up, Aldridge. Uh, actually, yeah, not even that they, they give DeRozan too much uh, or that he, he goes too crazy. You know, he's got 14 shots a game. Murray's 13.7, Aldridge 13.1, Keldon Johnson 11.4, Patty Mills 11.1, Lonnie Walker 10.6, and Rudy Gay 10.2. It's like they, just everybody gets a turn. Um, and it's working, you know, I, like we said, I don't think that they're poised for a deep playoff run, but they're very Spurs like this year again. Spurs are always going to be the Spurs as long as Popovich is the coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who knows, maybe his pro, whoever's protege is that takes over, whether that's Becky Hammond or somebody else, who knows that we might, we might never, never have the Spurs ever change, but nah. we'll see. Um, so you got another one you like out here? I do. Uh, and it's King's heat. Uh, it's, I was thinking about, cause it's five is the point spread mm-hmm. and the total points is 224.5. And I was thinking about if I was going to go with the spread or the total, but I think I'm going to go with the spread and I'm going to say, uh, the Kings plus five on that. Actually, I'm going to go with the Kings and the heat. I know have not been good. And I just, I, I actually, you know what? I'm going to go with the spread and I'm also, I'm going to parlay. I'm going to go the spread plus five and also over 224 and a half points. So I'm going to go both of those. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm just looking on DraftKings right now. Yeah. You're probably making the right bet based on the numbers here because the Heat are 6, 11, and 1 against the spread this year. And then the Heat are 9 and 9 on over unders. But the Kings have hit the over 12 out of 18 times this year. So the Kings, I mean, we talked a couple times already. Um, The Kings are getting a lot of mentions for their awful, awful defense, defense. uh, which. Hey, who knows? Maybe that's exactly what Miami needs to kind of snap out of this funk uh, and start playing well. But the Kings yeah. have also won three in a row. That that's too, kind of yeah. The Kings that. and the the Heat still stink. The Kings are, yeah. The Kings are actually looking halfway decent, which yeah is almost shocking. You know, yeah, given given the fact that their defense has been so bad. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I like that. And just curious, who is? Like who's in and out for the Spurs tonight or for the uh, the Heat tonight? Because I know they've got 
<clears throat> they've had so many injuries recently. Oh, I don't even think if I looked at yeah. the Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's questionable. Yeah. Dragic out. Harkless is still out. Um, Hero's questionable. Iguodala's questionable. So they're like they're just all banged up. Avery Bradley's questionable. It's like their whole. I we talked about kind of how the short offseason didn't hurt LeBron and the Lakers at all. But the Heat seems like they've been just absolutely decimated by the short offseason and then just like all of the COVID stuff going on this year. Uh, I think it's probably a good idea to just kind of continue. Well, no Harkless fade. either. Continue. Wow, no Harkless yeah, either. No, they got nothing. No Harkless. Just keep fading the Heat until they figure it out because so far they haven't just – you're going to be making money on them if you bet against them. I think wow. for, for lost the, five in a row for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Then they actually, I'll give them credit. They looked decent against the nets in those two losses that they had to the nets. They weren't, you know, they weren't terrible, but they just, you know, couldn't get over the hump. Bam Adebayo killed the nets, but uh, he he's been kind of inconsistent so far this year too. Okay, so um, so those the first two ones that I had, Suns and Spurs, those are the ones I really like tonight. But mm-hmm. I don't think we could go an NBA betting podcast without even mentioning uh, the fact that the Lakers and the Celtics are playing tonight <laughs> at eight thirty. Uh, it's just it's if you if you have a podcast and you're talking about basketball, you. It's in your contract. You Lakers Celtics. Yeah, you have to talk about Lakers Celtics. It's a it's a requirement. Um, Even if you hate both teams, you yeah. have to talk about them. Yeah. So I guess let's. Uh, we've each got two picks here um, on those two games. Let's just go with uh, with this one. We'll each pick, make a pick on this one. Who do you like in Lakers Celtics right now on DraftKings? Lakers are minus two. The over is two seventeen and a half. Oh, Lakers. Lakers, Lakers, Lakers minus two. I got the Lakers. Okay, I mean, all it's... right. It's not. It's not going to be as uh, as exciting, I guess. This this one because uh, nah. I'm on I'm on Lakers minus two as well. <laughs> uh, I think, especially even after you know, Lakers have kind of put up a couple stinkers recently, where they haven't looked near as good as you know they they did before that. But they've been so good on the road this year. They're ten and two. I know their last two losses were road losses, but still, they've been phenomenal on the road. Uh, and you lose two games like that. Um, who who they lose to? The that Pistons, Pistons loss was brutal. I took yeah. the Pistons. They did you? Yeah, Very yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. But yeah, you you lose that. You lose a tough game to the Pistons. Oh, and then um, that Philly, that close game to Philly. I think probably yeah. the Lakers right now, even as as beaten down as they are, and as tired, and has like they have. I know they haven't really had much practice time because uh, they're trying to they're trying to give them a, a ton of rest. But even with all that said, I think at a certain point, LeBron's going to say, you know, Celtics are one of the better teams in the East. We just lost to the Sixers. Let's go out and let's just absolutely dominate them. Um, and I see them – I definitely see them covering that that minus two spread. Uh, Anthony Davis is questionable. But if I had to guess, I would say he's going to play. He's going to play. Didn't sound, yeah. It didn't sound like the Pistons – it sounded like in the Pistons game, if it was a big game, I think he probably would have played. 
Uh, it didn't sound like it was like a, you know, debilitating injury or anything like that. So I think you're, you're going to see Davis out there. LeBron is technically questionable too, but you know, he's, he's playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I like, I like, uh, I like the Lakers in that one, even though Tatum and Brown have been phenomenal this year and they're, as, as they always do, this, the Celtics are making me eat my preseason words when I have them ranked too low, <laughs> but um, I still, I can't see, I can't see a path for them to beating the Lakers. No, I, no, I don't see it. I mean, they just don't, who's their big guy that, that stops them. I mean, I know, well, Tyson, well are you talking to, are you talking today or today? Yeah. yeah today? today. Oh, okay. Just today. Well, still, I mean, if like you were bringing up Tice, I mean, well, Tice, you yeah. know, Tice, he's him and Bam Adebayo. They're basically equal. Oh, yeah. You know? equal. <laughs> um, I, I will never I, – I, and I feel bad because Daniel Tice is a nice player and he's like he's, – he's good in his role. But anytime someone brings up Daniel Tice, I immediately think about, oh, he's – him and him and Adebayo is basically a wash. Oh, God. Come on. Oh, my God. That was, that was just – Weird ridiculous yeah but or tristan thompson if they're still gonna start him at power forward who knows him thompson and tice against uh against anthony davis i like tristan he's a, tristan's a good player but why are they playing both of them i don't it it's doesn't like make that, sense it doesn't make know, any sense they, they played so much last year with tice at the five and then you know four basically three wings in kemba and then this year now they're playing like they're playing two centers basically it doesn't make sense yeah. but no, not I, at all. Honestly, I haven't watched enough Celtics to uh, to know the exact reasoning behind it or watched, whatever, but no. it just makes no sense to me. No. The last time I watched them was the game the Knicks blew them out. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I I have that I have that version of the Celtics yeah. still in my in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess now all right, we each got three picks. You got Charlotte plus eight, you've got Kings plus five, but also with that over two twenty-four point five. Uh so I'm counting that as just one, which hey, if if people want to use FanDuel Sportsbook, you can probably do a same game parlay with that. Not problem, I'm sure you get a pretty good hit on that. Um then you have Lakers minus two. Then I have Suns plus one and a half, Spurs minus three and a half, and then also Lakers minus two. So those are our three Saturday picks. Um, and of course, it is about to be Super Bowl week. Um, so, Chip, I gotta, I gotta get your, uh, I gotta get one your pick on the game. Who you got, Chiefs or Buccaneers? And then two, is there a prop bet out there that you like to do on the Super Bowl? Because that's the best thing about the Super Bowl. And I'm not a big, not a huge prop guy. I generally like to lean towards just betting on games and watching. But the Super Bowl, it's like you gotta you got to go with, with one of those novelty props or a player prop or something like that. So pick on the game and your prop. Who you got, Chip? Oh, the Bucks. I'm going to – I'm a Jets – lifelong Jets fan. So I'm, I'm. there's no way I'm betting against Tom Brady. I just can't do that. And Bucks plus three. So, yeah, definitely Bucks. I'm, I mean, I'm not crazy. I'm not stupid. Don't bet against Tom Brady. I would never say – I would never bet against Tom Brady. I may even just bet the money line. But – for now, I'm looking at plus three. And in terms of props, uh, the I like the passing yards for Brady. He's uh, over under 295 and a half. Uh, I was thinking to go with the over because I think he just 
could just go bananas and have like mm. an absurd game. But I honestly not sure about that. I think that 200, 300 yards. Yeah. You know what? I, you know what? I will go with that one. I'll say over 295 and a half passing yards for Brady. That's what I'll say. So basically a 300 yard game for Tom Brady. Okay. It's on a uh, draft Kings. I think, and this is subject to change as the week goes on, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards chiefs minus three, which I know chiefs have not been good at covering this year, but I, I, I have a hard time betting against Mahomes. Um, even though, like you said, I'm a Jets fan too. So Tom Brady, I still, I'll have, I'll always have nightmares about him. I hate um, him so much. Fuck but him. yeah, I, I just, I have a hard time betting against, against my homes. If the line were to move to like minus three and a half, I would probably lean towards, uh, lean towards the bucks there. Cause I don't like that extra half over the three. I think that always comes back to bite you. Um, and I just don't feel like, I don't feel like going through that, that, that anguish of tie game two minutes left chiefs have the ball Mahomes brings them down they kick a field goal and I lose by a half point I I don't want to deal with that so I might this this line's at minus three right now maybe I'll take it while it's there I don't know we'll see and I actually my prop I don't know where it is on DraftKings I gotta find it but I saw it on Twitter and it was teams to go scoreless in a quarter and it was at seven to one odds and it sounds crazy because the chiefs and the bucks both score you know in bunches and i do expect it to be a high scoring game in all likelihood but at seven to one odds there have been three scoreless uh three scoreless quarters and i think the last six super bowls so you think about it there's almost like a 50 50 chance that that it happens based on recent history um, and we saw, you know, we saw it happen to a Brady led offense like when they played against the, uh, the Rams a few years ago. Uh, and that, that Rams team, they came in as like the hot offense. And I know Goff isn't quite Mahomes, but they were like incredible offense. They're going to score so many points, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think just with the odds at the seven one odds on that, maybe sprinkle a little bit on that because that's almost like too perfect to happen in the Super Bowl, where everyone expects Mahomes and Brady to come out and just absolutely light it up. But then the first quarter, you know, stall out on a third, you know, on, on a on a fourth down, they're going for it. You you lose that guy misses a field goal. It's like there's all these little things that can happen, and next thing you know, you know, you place a, a ten dollar bet on that, and you you get a nice little payout. But I don't know. We'll see. That's uh. That's just something I, I saw actually from uh, Sam Penayatovich of Nesson. I saw on Twitter. That just So just you're remembered. leaning under then? Honestly, probably. I, I probably will stay away from that because I think, what is it at right now? 56, 56 and a half? And that's, a half yeah. that's high. That's very that high. I, and obviously I wouldn't be completely shocked if either team hit that over they, or if, if this game went over because they both can score a ton. But I think sometimes in these in these big games, not that either team or either player is going to be nervous or anything like that, but sometimes in these games they come out and they're feeling each other out a little bit. The coaches are playing a little back and forth, you know, a little mind games, and it's not quite as high scoring as, as you expected. Uh, but then again, I'm saying that it's probably going to end up being like 45 to 42 final. Yeah. 
I I agree with you. I think I'll, I'll probably stay away from the from the total too. That it is seems like a really high number, but I also remember the college game when that the Alabama Ohio yeah. State game when that total came out, and I was like, holy shit! And then I just took it, and Jesus, Alabama almost hit the over by themselves. It felt like yeah. it's crazy high. So who knows? Yeah, that's uh, over unders. I. I do like betting them when I really, really feel, you know, confident one way or the other, but I'm am more of a uh, stick to stick to the spread occasional money lines here and there just to, uh, to mix it up and stay away from that, you know, stay away from bad beats and bad covers. But for the most part, I'm a spread guy, but you know how it goes on the Super Bowl. You got to bet, you know, a million different things. You got to have yep. your, your boxes and your squares and got to have all that good stuff going. Coin toss. Uh, yeah, coin toss is a big yeah. one. That's I, I'm I'm definitely gonna do something on the coin toss. It's yeah, it's too much fun not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess that that about wraps it up for uh, for this episode of Small Ball Radio. Thanks for coming back with us, and uh, Chip, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me to uh, to kind of kick it off with this NBA stuff. Listeners, you can find Chip on Twitter at Chipper Murphy. He, like I said before, he is the host of the Nick State of Mind podcast with me and Matt Castillo. Uh, and then, of course, Chip is also running the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast with Jeff Campbell. And he's doing some Knicks writing at Hoops Habit. So you can find Chip everywhere. I suggest going, reaching out and find him on Twitter. Uh, he's a great follow, great NBA betting, great Knicks follow. And I know one of these days, Chip, will have to do a college betting uh, episode because I know you are big in like the uh, like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'll see you like some Atlantic Sun game, Atlantic it's, Sun Conference USA, exactly, Horizon yeah. League. Yeah, there's all you you've always whatever got games to, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you've always <laughs> got something something going on. So I, I always appreciate that. Uh, so thanks again for coming on, Chip. Um, Thanks, man. uh, Appreciate it. Yep. Yep. And I guess that's about all we got.